We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Welcome back, my friends, to the NFC East Feast. Week six, where the Philadelphia Eagles continue to fly high undefeated, and the Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders just search for answers. Uh, John, a rough week for the entire division. Uh, we're going to start it off with uh, your Commanders on Thursday Night Football. They uh, they took a beatdown by the Bears. <clears throat> Woof, dude. A beatdown like, of epic proportions. Just... When you think of uh, all of the uh, kind of media coverage and the expectations going into that game, I mean, that's just, it was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. Yeah, DJ Moore has a career day, guy. Uh, three touchdown receptions, 250 total yards. Justin Fields throws for four touchdowns. Like, this was a, a winless team. They were dead in the water, like, looking at getting the first overall pick in the draft. And, Man, they had a they had a coming out party on you guys, uh, <clears throat> but I do want to say, uh, you know, even though it was garbage time, I thought Sam Howell played pretty well. I think he had the most passing yards in the NFL, threw for like three hundred eighty-eight yards. So it's not all doom and gloom. No, not at all. I mean, it's so frustrating because it this was the expectation for the year, right? Was that Sam would have ups and downs and he's had ups and downs. Like you mentioned a little bit of garbage time for sure. But, um, you know, throughout the game, even, even pre, uh, you know, blowout numbers, he looked good that we weren't putting up amazing points, but the offense looked to be flowing. We looked to, you know, I think the most frustrating thing, at least for me and a lot of other commanders fans from, from what I've heard, you know, just listening to random shows here and there is that the defense is just not like that was not on my bingo card of like commander's defense. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely could understand if they like softened a little bit and, and kind of regressed to the median, you know, but we are like, the, we're the 31st ranked defense, I think right now, definitely in points allowed. Um, and I don't know how many other stats uh, were at the bottom third of the NFL, but I imagine it's quite a bit. Um, And this was a defense last year that, you know, was top five. I think we were number one or number two in getting off the field on third down. And that's a huge stat for a successful defense. And to do, to to have the performance that we did against, as you mentioned, a, a struggling Bears team, a Bears team that looked like they couldn't like put football together offensively. I mean, they were, they were questioning it's, it's so crazy. So, and I, and I texted you about this going into this game, there were talks that depending on how things continue to progress between Eberflus and the coaching staff and Justin Fields, like this was a game that was kind of like chalk marked as like, depending on how the bears do here, you know, we could see Eberflus being one of the first casualties of head coaching in the NFL at the end of that game. And, and I've already texted you guys about this in the group chat. It, it completely flipped the script. I'm ready to fire Jack Del Rio. I'm absolutely ready to fire Jack Del Rio. Uh, it's a new ownership group. From what I've read, they don't want to seem impetuous. Uh, and literally, I've seen it compared to uh, Josh Harris doesn't want to seem impetuous like Dan Snyder and fire coaches too quickly. But like to me, this is not too quickly. Like you've had, you have four years of tape on this coaching staff and to come into game. This is not the first time we've come into games like this and been wholly unprepared, at least on one side of the ball. And that was just a poor performance um, all across the board. And I, I put a lot of it on Jack Del Rio. I think, you know, inspiring offensively, it seems like EB and Sam are really making a really nice relationship there. I, I would be comfortable, you know, moving EB into a higher, you know, He's already assistant head coach. Get rid of Jack Del Rio. Get Ron and someone else on that staff to be in charge of the offense. Uh, sorry, the defense, and move forward. In my opinion, see what you've got in AB. 
give him an elevated position and kind of work through some of these issues because that one knit, that wouldn't hit at all. Yeah, I think in, in a perfect world, um, you could just kick uh, Del Rio out the door, demote Ron Rivera to defensive coordinator, right. and then promote the right. uh, to head coach. Obviously, like you, like you said, the, the Harris group wants wants to be patient. I don't think that's that's a, a bad message to, to send in the franchise. But, man, this is a, a, a beleaguered Bears team, as we said. Uh, a short week. They're coming in, into Washington. Yeah, you guys just, sell us. Chicago, too. Like, it's not an excuse. Yeah. You sell out um, another game, so the crowd was loud at the start of the game. They were into it, and uh, I mean, you got four first-round picks in the defensive line, and, and the results just aren't there. Uh, one bright spot, though, I did see that despite missing the first game of the season, Chase Young is like top three in the yeah. NFL in pressure. So it looks like Chase Young is getting back to that pre-injury Chase Young. So if there's one silver lining, at least he looks good. My, my not, biggest not a whole issue is, is Del Rio, and maybe this this applies more to the games going forward when we get into it later, but Del Rio just doesn't bring anything creative to the defense right now. He just, I think that they rely so much on the talent that they have and they just say, we're going to put you out on the field, line you up. And then you guys just man up. Right. Well, we can get, we can get to hey, that well, later, but the Washington commanders are two and three still in the thick of the wild card hunt. Um, still technically alive for the division. Um, but let's uh, go to a team who's in, e- in an even worse position. Well, I, I've seen real most, quick, uh, <clears throat> real quick too. I wanted to comment on that game. Um, you know, the commanders throwing the ball 51 times. I know they got down early, but when you're only rushing Brian, Brian Robinson, six times the entire game, I mean, even a bears defense can figure out and figure that out. And, you know, you're not, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to be a very balanced offense. So, Mm-hmm. Eric Bieniemy. I mean, even though you're down some points, mix it up a little as well. You know, let's not just point the finger at Ron and the defense. I mean, you gotta gotta get a little more run game. You gotta get something going with the run game. You can't just abandon it. Yeah, um, I'm not saying that would marriage at this point. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that would have totally flipped the game and you guys would have miraculously won, came back if he's running the ball more. But <clears throat> you know, you're not yeah, keeping yeah. the the other defense on their toes when you're, you're 51 pass attempts. You know. <laughs> yeah. Of course, that is the voice of, of Mr. Jay Ludge joining us for the whole show tonight. Ludge, appreciate you chiming in mm-hmm. there. All right, we're going to go to uh, a team that I saw in most consensus power rankings ranked dead last right now, 32. And that's considering the Carolina Panthers don't have a win yet. And people are saying the New York Giants are the worst team in football. They go down to South Beach and actually probably play their best game of the season they forced a couple turnovers they made Tua look average um Jason Pinnock has a 102 yard pick six so there's some highlights for the Giants but again they're without Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones is totally shits the bed the Giants start off one and four for the fourth time in the last five years uh, the one obviously that they were not one and four was last year when they made a playoff run but they're right back to being the cellar dwellers in the east that there's nothing going well for the Giants. Their weapons look pathetic. Daniel Jones hurt his neck in this game. He had to exit. Tyrod Taylor comes in. Daniel Jones is questionable. We'll talk about their tough matchup coming up here in week six in just a moment. But uh, for me, John, like at least I can look at you guys and be like, oh, Sam looks good. Chase Young looks good. I have no positives to say about the New York Giants. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I wish I could think of one also. I mean, Darren Waller. <laughs> Darren yeah. Waller. Looked all right. He did okay. He's their leading wide receiver, which I think you just would kind of expect. But, I mean, Daniel Jones, again, is their second leading rusher. Um, I don't even know the names of some of these other guys. I'm surprised. I mean, Matt Breida, Eric Gray, 25 yards. I mean, rushing yards, they barely put up 100 rushing yards. I don't even – it was a that was tough. That was a very tough game. But we knew it would be because the Dolphins are freaking good. And I texted you guys about it a while back, but watching the Dolphins destroy the Broncos and then realizing, oh, shit, all of us played the Dolphins this year was like, oh, okay, (laughs) great. Um, So not stoked to have the Dolphins on the schedule because, honestly, the Giants kept it maybe closer than I I would have expected in that scenario. Yes. Uh, But, yeah, just not, 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 not great stuff to put on film. Luds, any thoughts on on the the Finns and G Men? I think Tyrod Taylor looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I know he, he did nine for 12, 86 yards. Uh, you know he's a little he's still mobile, can still move. Uh, <clears throat> we'll see what it looks like if uh, Danny Dimes misses the game this week. I'd like to see how Tyrod 
can handle that offense. And, uh, you know, their O line's just not playing well. Bottom line, I mean, that's, bad O line, bad O line. That, that's that's, worse, that's the main, main reason I think they're just completely inept on offense. Is Danny, Danny Dimes has no time to throw. Uh, he's getting sacked, what, average five, six times a game, seven times a game. Yeah, nowhere, near, nowhere nearly as bad as Sam Howell. Twenty nine sacks through five games, but it's Ooh. it's terrible. I mean, uh, if anything, I don't think Coach Dayball's job should be on the line at all. I think no. they just need to take this off season and and really get better on the O line and in the trenches. Um, other than that, yeah, they got a tough matchup that coming this week, but we'll talk about that here soon. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I mentioned it last week, yeah. well, Luds, and I, and I had said that I think what's going to end up happening this year is that you're going to see jo, uh, Joe Shane and Brian Dayball at the end of this year now going into next season actually put their stamp on this roster yeah. and, and work together to kind of get – I mean, you know, they're yeah. still working with what they were handed. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, Daniel Jones is in the first year of that $160 million contract. <laughs> but, I mean – Every everything's negotiable. If I'm a if I'm a Giants fan, I mean, of course the the, uh, the Caleb Williams and uh, Drake Mays of the world are going to be gone. But this is a very deep quarterback class. Like, wouldn't hurt to maybe grab one in the second or third round, like just in case this the wheels totally oh, fall off. Uh, let, let's go to uh, the only team who ha- had some positive results in Week Five. That's the the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles for the second consecutive year. The Eagles are five and zero. John, you and I were all over this game. We, we talked about them going out to to Los Angeles. It was going to be a competitive game. Uh, this was Cooper Cup's return to action. And my goodness, Cooper Cup comes off the, the injured list. Eight mm-hmm. catches, about 120 yards, fits seamlessly back into the offense. Puka Nakua gets in the end zone. Tutu Atwell gets in the end zone. So Sean McVay continues to uh, make this Rams offense look pretty good. But the more talented team uh, ends up pulling away. This seems like an Eagles home game. That That's SoFi Stadium, <laughs> man. They do not come out for the Rams and the Chargers. Uh, so this was a sea of green. They were loud. And uh, A.J. Brown, remember a, a few weeks ago on Thursday Night Football, him and uh, Jalen Hurst got a little spat on the sideline. Since that game, this is now the third straight game A.J. Brown has gone north of 150 yards receiving, has completely become the dominant receiver that earned him a first-team All-Pro selection last year. <clears throat> and uh, the, the brotherly well, shove as – 150 or 100? 150. No, he had 127. He had 127. Excuse me. Then I might have my stats wrong. I thought he had 150 yards. Then, then he had a, then he had 150 the, t- the two weeks prior. This week, 127. Either way, this lot. guy is absolutely balling. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles are out there. Um, Jalen uses his legs, 70 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Throws for 300 yards. Does have a turnover. Still don't think he's playing to the level he was last year. But this uh, this brotherly shove, um, or as most people call it, the tush push, continues to be an unstoppable play. And I, it's funny, I see the rest of the league trying to emulate it. Like, the, like the, the New York Giants tried it last week. They come out with two guys injured. John Michael Schmitz, their center, and their tight end, Cody Bellinger, after attempting it one time. That just goes to show you the ineptitude of the New York Giants. They get hurt. So it's like, of, of course, uh, I, think, I think everyone uh, – thinks it's an unstoppable play but i think it's unstoppable for philadelphia because of the offensive line and also not many teams have a quarterback that squats 600 pounds i give i I give the kudos on that play to jalen hurts man i mean he really it's it's such a minute amount of yardage typically that they're trying to gain but like like as you said like it's been it's been attempted around the league and jalen hurts is the special piece there that makes that work Yes. And uh, on the other side of the football, the Eagles defense um, held the Rams to two touchdowns. So although the Rams moved the football with Matthew Stafford, uh, Jalen Carter continues to look like the defensive rookie of the year, gets another sack. The guy is so disruptive. I, I don't remember an interior defensive lineman coming into the league and having this type of impact. I'm sure Aaron Donald did um, back in his day, but uh, that was a steal. The Eagles getting him um, in, I, I believe, the eighth or ninth pick. Can't believe he fell that far. But uh, John, this is uh, this is the best team in the division. I think at this point th- there is there is two tiers. There is the Eagles, and then there is the rest of the crew in my book. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I I find myself every time I watch an Eagles game or watch some of an Eagles game, just literally shaking my head and thinking to myself, why did why did the league allow Philadelphia to get Jalen Carter? Like what what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. 
the scariest thing about your recap there, Brian, was a note that you just made about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts ran for 303 – I'm sorry, passed for 303 yards. He threw a touchdown. Yeah. And he ran for 72 yards. And you said mm-hmm. that this is not the best oh. of Jalen Hurts. <laughs> that yeah. and, and I agree with you. Scary. It's scary. scary. It's so frustrating because – you know, one of the funnest stats about this division is that we haven't had you, – you posted it, I think, on the Instagram. It's always a fun reminder. Yep. We, it's like, what, 23 years now? Yeah, no Something repeats. Something crazy, no repeats. I mean, it's going to be a fucking repeat this year. Like, yeah, it is. It, it is. If I, I had hope, I said it in, in with one of our beginning off-season podcasts, if, if anybody was going to challenge them, it was going to be the Cowboys – Maybe that still comes to fruition. It's a long season, but right now, week six, like, is going to be a repeat. I mean, kudos to the Eagles, man. They're just they're putting together strong performances, and and to your point, I think they're getting better week to week. Yeah, they're dominant. Um, we're going to talk about here in just a minute the best team in the NFC. They will remain unnamed, um, but I think you put the Eagles right now as probably second, and I would honestly, I'd probably put like the Detroit Lions yeah, third yeah. like I, I I yeah I um so so but but the Eagles are clearly in that upper tier the Cowboys have fallen as we'll talk about here um Luz before I before I talk about my Dallas Cowboys what are your thoughts on Rams Eagles man I I still don't think the Eagles are clicking at 100 percent I don't know about you guys but yeah. they haven't had that game yet where I'm like wow you know, they're like they're winning games. Yeah, like yeah. they're winning games. That's all that matters in the NFL, I guess. You know, you're five and zero, oh, but they still haven't came out like one week where I'm like, even against my Bucks, you know, we hung in there the first half against mm-hmm. them. I just haven't seen that game yet where I'm like, man, this looks like that dominant team I saw last year. You know, and um, their time's coming. You know, I think, I think they maybe need a little wake up call and lose a game here and there to kind of get get the the wheels turning for them, but you know, they're still a good team. Uh, I think the Eagles, like you guys said, are the number two team in, the, in football right now. And it's just going to be even more dangerous when they are playing at that level. I think they were last year. <clears throat> well, as we alluded to um, the Eagles are number two, because it's clear that the San Francisco 49ers are the best team in the NFC, possibly the NFL with all due respect to the defending champion, uh, Kansas city chiefs. Uh, this was just David versus Goliath. I really thought that this was the Cowboys' chance to come out because it's a regular season game. Like, you know, this is when the Cowboys actually tend to look good, you know, in, in early season. And I thought because the Niners had eliminated us the past two years, this was going to be our sweet revenge in the Bay Area. But six snaps in. Like, this, this looks like the 49ers did to the Cowboys what the Cowboys did to the Giants opening week. Like, they just big-brothered us, like – uh, Brock Purdy, who I think it, it'd be hard to argue to say he's not a top 10 quarterback right now, comes out there, uh, leads the NFL in passer rating, throws four touchdowns, three of those to George Kittle. George Kittle's first three catches happen to be touchdowns. Like a, It's like a John Madden-like uh, video game stat line. Uh, Christian McCaffrey gets his 14th straight game with Crazy. a touchdown. Since, since they traded for CMC, they haven't lost a regular season game. Brandon Ayuk looked good. Um, Debo Samuel running and rushing the football. Colin Coward had had a great point today. He said, right now, how many players of the 22 starters on the Dallas Cowboys would start for San Francisco? Let's pretend Trayvon Diggs is healthy, okay? We'll say Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons, and Zach Martin are right guard. And he said, right, is would you take CeeDee Lamb over Brandon Ayuk right now? I'm not sure. C.D. Lamb is, is miserable. He's tweeting about how the offense has no identity. We can't get him the football. Our defense is just getting pushed around by a much more physical team. The Cowboys' defense looks like a shell of themselves. And, of course, I got to talk about uh, my guy, uh, Dak Prescott. I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I, I said I was finally an anti-Daxer. And, man, has he given me more reason. Three interceptions just looked like the Dak of last year completely just outplayed by a seventh round guy. And he's uh, Brock Purdy isn't just a guy. Obviously he's showing us he's way better than the last pick in the draft, but Brock Purdy is doing what I thought Dak Prescott could just be a distributor of the ball, an elite game manager, get the ball to your playmakers and let them do some work in space. Instead, Dak, our, our only touchdown 
was to Kevontae Turpin. Guess what, guys? Kevontae Turpin, sprained ankle, out four to six weeks. Our special teams gunner, C.J. Godwin, torn pectoral muscle, out for the season. Leighton Vandress, our starting linebacker, is going to miss um, the next four to six weeks. He's going on IR. So the Cowboys come out of this game wounded. And they come out of this game, I think. Yeah, we just we look like – Oh, it's all it's all insulting. It's all injury. It's all trash, John. Go ahead. Keep piling on these, <laughs> these Dallas Cowboys. I, I don't know how much I can pile on the Cowboys, man, because, <clears throat> I mean, going into this game, I definitely had some hope for your Cowboys. Um, I don't know if you're rubbing off on me uh, or, or listening to you, <laughs> listening to you get fired up week to week uh, was kind of getting me um, excited for them. I really did want to see another team from the East kind of take a big step this year. And this was kind of a measuring stick game. And unfortunately you guys came up short, but you mentioned Brock Purdy stat line be damned. Like he threw for four touchdowns and he looks surgical. Um, You know, he's, he's an unassuming guy playing and interviewing. Um, But he just, I, I think ultimately my thoughts on the game is that Kyle Shanahan being fairly familiar with him, obviously, you know, as a Washington fan, Kyle Shanahan has built this team, him and John Lynch into the exact weapon that Kyle Shanahan wants. He has Christian McCaffrey. I mean, look what he did back in the day with Alfred Morris. Like Alfred Morris was like, if you extrapolate those numbers, he's a fucking hall of fame running back, like in his short career at Washington, their, their scheme and Kyle Shanahan's ability to, put the players that he has in the positions to win, I think took him so far. And now at this point he has the players not only for his scheme, but now for the scheme to fit his scheme to fit the players at the same time. And their offense looks dominant. Their defense absolutely looks dominant. And when they put performances together on the field, they're at a level where you cannot afford any mistakes. And unfortunately, obviously Dak's got, uh, you know, three of them in this game. Um, mm-hmm. And man, it sucks to hear that, that so many of injuries came out of this game for you guys, because this, that that's definitely a game where you would hope to see moving into the next week. You guys have some sort of bounce back, but like I said, add injury to insult, like that it's going to be a rough next week for you guys, because again, that was a measuring stick. So, I mean, it, I can imagine, you know, the Cowboys defensively and offensively feeling pretty defeated going into week six. As they should, Ludge, what are your thoughts? I'm a little disappointed in um, Dallas Dan, to be honest. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now I know, now I know Dak didn't help, didn't help the defense out, you know, with the turnovers, but you know, you go into the second half, they're down two scores. You're down 21, seven and mm-hmm completely shit on in the second half i mean i would have hoped to see some adjustments from the defense didn't see much i mean the fourth quarter alone the guy named jordan mason scores on a 26 yard touchdown run i mean right it's just a it's just a dagger dude um you know i'd just like to see dan quinn who's been a highlight of your guys team i think he should be the head coach to be honest but um kind of disappointing great disappointing i would have hoped to see a little more out of the defense this week and um you know, put a little more pressure on – figure out a way to put a little more pressure on Brock Purdy. I mean, the guy's just sitting back picking you guys apart. But uh, overall, it's just a tough loss. Um, luckily, you know, most of the East had a tough tough losses this week. So, you know, you got the Eagles who are dominating the division, but it doesn't hurt you guys too bad. Uh, but right. it is a tough loss. And, you know, I don't know if you saw all the trash talk. Uh, I think it might have been yesterday with George George. George Kittle. Yeah, F, F the Cowboys or something, and now yeah. Yeah, on his shirt. Yeah, Parsons is saying, you know, laugh now, cry later kind of thing. But, I mean, the 49ers. Oh, wow. Micah, somebody, somebody needs to get Micah off of a podcast immediately. <laughs> that guy does not need a microphone in front of us. Well, no, I'm happy you guys just brought that up, though, because Micah specifically, and, and touching on your Dan Quinn point, uh, Luds, why was Micah – don't get me wrong. Micah, phenomenal player. Why is he lined up against Trent Williams? Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Why? Like, I, I think Micah around. is going to be – he's going to go down as a, a, a Hall of Fame. He's on a trajectory to be a Hall of Famer. But you put him up against another Hall of Famer, and they're giving him help. Like, right. you just sh- right. you just ultimately shut down your best weapon. 
move him like you have in the past let him take advantage of weaknesses that then disrupts what what they're trying to do offensively like that that was a real head scratcher to me i don't know about you brian but and i agree and let let's question for you too brian where'd you guys get your kicker that brandon aubrey i like him he's the highlight of the team right now that guy's been money you usfl never kicked in uh for a football team at any level did not play high school football did not play that college football he's a soccer money, player dude. who let <laughs> he had an open an open trial with the USFL spring football league wow. was perfect Cowboys took notice signed him hasn't missed a kick PAT <laughs> or field goal yet. so at money. least we got a good kicker yeah guy is money I was interested to see where he came uh, from I've never heard of the guy before nobody has uh but to put a bow <laughs> on week five um Luds, great point calling out Dan Quinn. I think uh, this was a coaching mismatch. This shows you how great Kyle Shanahan is at the X's and O's. He's going up against one of the better defensive coordinators. He completely dominates. But to defend uh, Dallas's defense just a little, like uh, Tony Pollard fumbles, okay? Mm-hmm. Fred Warner, great linebacker, fumbles. 49ers get the ball in the red zone. But then Jordan Lewis strips Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. We give the ball right back to the offense. Awesome. Can't do awesome. anything. Yeah. Then... The 49ers get the ball back after the Cowboys go three and out. And then our defense forces the 49ers to go three and out. So back-to-back times, our defense was like kind of patchworking, like this can be a game. We're hanging yeah. in there. But eventually, I, th- I just think the momentum you get that is the 49ers, is, mm-hmm. they broke us, dude. Literally, clearly, we're injured. We're broken. And we will move on to week six. Uh, quarterback power rankings this week, guys. <laughs> Number four. In the basement, far, far in the basement, um, with all the Halloween decorations, it's scary. Daniel Jones. He's hurt, man. Don't number do him. Come on. He's, I got you. We're still alive. Number yeah, three. We're still alive. Guess what, Dak? Guess what, Dak? Dak, you've fallen behind Sam the man. Dak Prescott's number three for his one, two, three interceptions. Sam Howell led the league in uh, passing yards this past week. Sammy's number two. Number one, we'll still give it to Jalen. Let's go, Sammy. I totally, totally agree. I totally agree with that. I mean, Dak has not been spectacular this year. Not looking good. Let's talk about Sam Howell and those Washington Commanders because they will be flying to the ATL. They're playing the Falcons. I was, I was kind of hoping that this past week, uh, Desmond Ritter struggled. <laughs> Because I want to see Taylor Heineke in there against the Commanders. The but, Taylor Heineke uh, revenge game already? Come on. Yes, but it is kind of a crazy stat on Desmond Ritter, who I do not think is a good quarterback by any means. He's never lost a home game in high school, in college, and he's 5-0 and in the NFL. He's also 0-4, 0-5 on the road. So he's Jekyll and Hyde, but this game is going to be in his backyard in Atlanta. So we'll see if the Commanders can stop his undefeated streak. But for me, this commander's defense, it's all about stopping number seven, Bijan Robinson. The Falcons had an impressive win this past week um, against the Texans, who are surprisingly good under C.J. Stroud. Uh, but Bijan had some – like he, th- his pass that he caught, oh. he didn't even look. He's he's like playing and one football yeah, out there, like street dude. football. This, That's a great like, the, the guy is the guy is special, and this this commander's defense is going to have to bring it because the Falcons they're not great by any means, but uh, let's they they are three and two, um, but I do think the Commanders are going to push the ball down the field against Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta is a very good defense. They have an offensive minded coach, and I think Arthur Smith is kind of putting all of his eggs in this offense. You know they've got. Drake London, who uh, is a decent wide receiver. Kyle Pitts actually had – we had a Kyle Pitts sighting last Crazy. week. He had like seven or eight there catches for 80 yards. Um, and they just traded for Van Jefferson on the Ooh. Los Angeles Rams, who's a, who's a speedster. Okay. Yeah, so the, so he'll Another supposedly be in the lineup use. this week. Awesome. <laughs> so Atlanta's got some weapons, but I think they're very susceptible on the defensive end. So I think, Sam Howell, this, this game is going to be in your hands. You need to be better – then Desmond Ritter. Do not turn the ball over. And let's just hope that Eric Bieniemy can stick to the run. Like, I want Brian Robinson to get 20 to 25 carries in this game. Even if after 15 carries, he's got 35 yards. Continue to try to establish the running game. Do not give up on it. And um, let's let us let some of these these Terry McLaurins, Curtis Samuels, uh, Jahan Dotson. Like, I, I want to see this three-headed monster actually do some work. But I got the commanders. They're two-and-a-half-point dogs, I believe. But I think the commanders do a job. They go down to the dirty south, and they come out with the win. I'm going with a tight game, 
Commanders 26, Falcons 24. How you think about that, John? Yeah, I mean, they ought, they ought to. They ought to get to work. Um, I, I agree with your point about our offense, but I'll tell you right now, Sam Howell and crew, you guys better be ready to put up at least 31 points because we're letting 30 points a game on average right now <laughs> yeah. up on defense. So, you know, if if Atlanta was – if when Atlanta looks back at last week's tape, I'll tell you right now, Arthur Smith, as awful as he's been in not utilizing his weapons, which is such a head-scratcher, I mean, it's it really is just confusing to me um, how little yes. they do offensively. I mean, I don't think that it's Desmond Ritter being that limited. I just don't understand what Arthur Smith is trying to accomplish there. Anyways, uh, if they're watching tape from last week, this is a get-right game. Atlanta's walking into uh, this game at home thinking, hey, we've got an opportunity here to take massive advantage. Jack Del Rio, get Emmanuel Forbes out of man coverage. <laughs> get Emmanuel Forbes a little bit of safety help. I mean, you can even keep him in man. Just get him a little bit of a safety blanket. He's a young kid. He's trying to impress. You brought him in to get turnovers. He's jumping routes. He's getting aggressive. That's what we brought him in for. You have to back that up. You have to have a plan B in that situation. You can't just put him out on an island and let him get embarrassed over and over again. That's going to crush the kid's psyche. Speaking of crushing the kid's psyche, I mentioned it earlier, 29 sacks on the offensive line. Not all of them are just on the offensive line. A lot of them are on Sam Howell, too. He has to move his feet. But that is not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Charles Leno, the left tackle, even came out and said he is worried, quotes, worried about Sam Howell. I mean, he's going to crush records if we keep this pace. He's going to destroy that uh, David Carr record in Houston. Yeah. And that we've seen what, what that kind of uh, beatdown on a quarterback in year one can do. You look at guys like... David Carr. You look at guys like Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck just straight up retired. Just said, I'm one of the best football <laughs> yep. players coming out of college. I'm out. At the position, I'm just done. So, uh, man, I, I really hope this is a close game. I do think that offensively, this will be another game for Sam and crew to put a notch in their belt. It'll be another stepping stone for enemy And it may just be one game closer, especially if we drop this game in Atlanta to what I'm hoping for, which is a enemy takeover. I, I would like to see enemy I would like to see them make a change, put enemy in charge, and let him build a resume for the rest of the year that they can then dictate whether or not they're bringing him back as the head coach the next year. It may be early in the season, so if other Commanders fans don't agree, I apologize. But I, I'm, I'm mostly fed up at this point, and it makes me – it sucks that we're in week six. I I, I told you guys in the in the chat, you know, I knew this year would be a trial year, but this is just not a positive move uh, at this point in the season. So, Jack Del Rio, you need to reclaim. You need to reclaim a little bit of uh, pride and a little bit of uh, gamesmanship here. I would really like to see us shut down the Atlanta Falcons because they look inept on offense. I don't know what the line is here, but I agree with you, Brian. It's going to be a close game. Um Give me 24 to 23, Commanders. Tight. Luds, before you go, I want to give you kudos, sir. You made the people money last week. The upset parlay hit. Yes, sir. You had the Jets plus points. You had the Saints plus points who dominated the Patriots. Upset parlay, people. If you would have bet it, you would have won some money. And you went 2-2 two and two in the NFC East. So you're coming off of a hot week, man. What do you think about this game? Um, it's a couple just – teams that aren't consistent so far this year mm -hmm. you know they're i think they're pretty Absolutely. they match up pretty well i mean you got a struggling defense against a struggling offense uh we know sam how can sling the ball and put up some points i'd like to see uh dotson get a little more involved since he's on my fantasy team he's been a little quiet I'd like to see anybody get more involved <laughs> yeah um, yeah but i do have this because it's a close one i i got washington pulling it away with a field goal game 27 24 Washington plus two and a half at, on the road. I think uh, their defense plays just well enough to get the W this weekend. 
I like it. So we all we all got the road dog in the commanders. And one last note on this, Brian. You mentioned some of the injuries that happened to your Dallas Cowboys. Uh, offense didn't yeah. walk away unscathed in that Bears game either. So uh, Derek Forrest, one of our bright spots from last year, um, is yeah. is now on IR um, with, I believe, a knee injury. Uh, or, I'm sorry, I don't remember what Derek Forrest's injury is. He is going to be on IR. I think he's out for the season. One of our, uh, like I said, shining spots on that defense. Uh, so Quan Martin and uh, draft pick Percy Butler from last year. Time to step up. Um, secondly, Jeremy Reeves, really awesome, inspiring story. Um, just was on the uh, practice squad for years with us and then made the uh, Pro Bowl last year as a special teamer out for the season knee injury. So a couple of injuries on our side of the ball. It's, it's a bummer to see that, but next man up in the NFL. Yes, sir. All right. Now let's go to the 425 window America's game of the week. We've got the Eagles traveling to the Meadowlands to face Zach Wilson and the Jets. I think the Jets have been competitive these past couple weeks for sure. They had a tough loss against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and then came back last week and they got some revenge for their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, and they defeated the Denver Broncos, part of Jay Ludd's upset parlay. So the Jets are, are better than a two and three team, but they're not much better. Um, so the Eagles, I think this is another game. They're seven-point favorites on the road. So Vegas is telling you they're they're a double-digit, um, you know, talent over the New York Jets. I think the Jets' defense is, is you know, they got a monster on the defensive line in Quinn and Williams. They got a Pro Bowl caliber player in the linebacking core in C.J. Mosley and one of the best young defensive backs in Sauce Gardner. So at all three levels, the Jets are going to challenge you, but that's only three guys. Um, they they got some other nice pieces, but. That offensive line in Philadelphia is healthy, and they are nasty, and they are mean. DeAndre Swift continues to look good. Uh, the, the other guys like Gainwell and Boston Scott are, are going to get a few carries here. They're healthy. Rashad Penny is healthy, although they don't use him. So these the Eagles, they just they have so many pieces to throw at you. Dallas Goddard finally had a good game last week. He's been kind of quiet. Devontae Smith. Look out for Devontae Smith in this game, guys. I talked about how A.J. Brown, I, I had the stats wrong, but A.J. Brown has been a monster the past month. Devontae Smith's been very quiet. So I got a breakout game here for the Slim Reaper. I think because most likely Sauce Gardner will be on Devontae Smith, I believe their number two corner, D.J. Reed on the Jets, is banged up. I'm not sure if he'll play. Even if he does, I like Devontae to go for over 100 yards and a touchdown. And I think Jalen Hurts continues to get more comfortable with this new offense and i've got the eagles to swallow the seven i'll go philadelphia 30 jets 20. how about you luds so do you see a little bit of a trap game maybe this week at all possibly i mean i'm not picking the jets to win but the Jets are relying on their running game right now. They won last week. Breeze Hall had 177 yards on the ground. We all know the Eagles are very good against the run, so I don't think the Jets are going to be able to, to do that against the Eagles this week. <clears throat> and we know what Zach Wilson is. He's a turnover machine. So I do got the Eagles you know, slightly taking the win here, 24-21. But I think the Jets' defense is that good okay. that they keep them in the game. So I'm taking the Jets plus seven. I think it's going to be competitive. Okay. Uh, that's funny you say that, Luds, because as as Brian was talking about the, the game, I was thinking to myself, this could be this could be the game yep. that you were talking about where the Eagles do come out and assert their dominance. I was thinking opposite of you. Hmm. I think the Jets, uh, to Brian's point, are a team that are, uh, you know, they're, they're still playing very hard, and they have some very good pieces on offense and on defense. Um but this, to me, just seems like a matchup for the Eagles to really take advantage and really kind of get their stride here. Um, I think the the Jets beat the Broncos uh, what felt like barely. I know that the, the final score makes it look a, a little bit better than it was. Um, but, I mean, this is a Broncos team that was not very good, you know, throughout the, throughout the beginning of the season. So I don't know how, how, how many kudos or how many flowers I, I'm ready to give to this Jets Jets team just yet. Um, even Sauce has has struggled in, in the beginning of this year. So 
Um, I'm looking for, to Brian's point, Jalen to kind of dish um, to to Devontae, possibly to Dallas Goddard. Um, look out for Quez Watkins. They can put sauce on A.J. Brown all day if you want. They've got plenty of weapons. Um, DeAndre Swift has really come on for them. Um, and Jalen with his legs. Uh, bring Quinn and Williams if you want. But I, I just think that the, the Eagles are continuing to get uh, get their feet under them. We've all said we think that they're getting better defensively. This is going to be a nightmare uh, for the Jets. Um, Zach Wilson, like you said, is a turnover machine, and the worst predictor of turnovers is pressure. Uh, Jalen Carter and and then Makai Becton. Did one of y'all mention Makai Becton being out now? He's he's hurt. He's hurt. Makai Becton, I believe, is not going to be here for this game. So. Just one one more uh, kind of noteworthy uh, detraction or, or, or subtraction, I should say, from this Jets offense uh, that's that's going to be going against a, a aggressive, disruptive Philly defense. So um, I'm going to take the Eagles with the spread here on the road. Uh, I, I see the Eagles going 31 to 20. So John and I are pretty locked to the Jets. I feel like, but well, that's why you have the expert on. That's why you have the expert on here, right, guys? Yeah, that's exactly. What we need Luds for the Jets. The Jets have someone better, right? Going into this game, telling you, the Jets are the Jets play hard for Robert Sala. So, so if they do lose by more than seven, it's not because you know they just caved. It's because the Eagles are just that good. But we'll see if Luds, Luds is right here. No, we need Luds to bring some sanity oh. to the pod because we're all <laughs> NFC East lovers and we just gush over these teams. Yeah, you're right. And then we get beat by the Bears okay. by 20 points. <laughs> <laughs> As we get to Sunday night football, I plead with you, Roger Goodell. I plead with you, NFL, to stop putting the Giants on prime oh, time. Yes. It's never too early to start flex, flexing games. I know at the beginning of the year, nobody thought the Giants were going to be this awful, but my God, the Giants are going to <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Buffalo, you don't think Buffalo's pissed off? They flew all the way to London to get beat by Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. They are going to be angry. The Bills are 14-point favorites. That's the biggest line in the league this year, um, this week, excuse me. And I think the Bills, uh, they're going to get some revenge on, on on that frustrating loss that they had last week against Jacksonville. And they're going to take it out on the Giants. Uh, Josh Allen, I believe, is is going to open up a can of whoop-ass in this game. James Cook has been really solid this week this year. He struggled last week against Jacksonville. I look for James Cook to get over 100 yards. Stephon Diggs was out there breaking tablets. That guy throws a fit every other week. But I think that uh, he w- <laughs> he will not be angry this week. I got Stephon Diggs for over 100 yards to get into the end zone. And Gabe Davis, I believe, has scored a touchdown in two or three straight games. Look out for, for Gabe to get in the end zone. Pretty much it's a coming out party for Buffalo. Just look for every uh, Buffalo player I- to score a touchdown. Yes, yes. In fantasy, if you can start every Buffalo, but just start the Bills. Like I know, I know. In fantasy, we start team defenses. Start Bills defense and start Bills offense. Just all <laughs> Buffalo all the time. Uh, they're going to prove that they're they are the real team that plays in New York. This game is is in Buffalo, and the fans are going to be loud. This is a night game, so they got all day to get liquored up. They're going to be breaking tables. And I just I, I can't think of anything on the Giants that I think is going to go right. Saquon, I hope Saquon comes back, but I don't. Yeah. Yes, if he comes back, I don't know if this is the game for him to come back though, because the Bills' defensive line is is pretty serious. Although I don't think this week is going to come to rear its ugly head. But for my Bills fans out there, in the past two weeks, you've lost Tre'Davious White, your best corner, to a torn ACL, and they lost Matt Milano who they're all pro linebacker last week, who's out for the year with a knee injury as well. So that Bill's defense is depleted. I don't think the Giants expose it, even if Saquon plays, but down the road, look out for Buffalo in those playoff games to perhaps collapse. But it's not happening this week. I don't care if it's Daniel Jones. I don't care if it's Terod Taylor. I've got Buffalo to dominate. I'll go 34-10 to 10 for the Bill's Mafia. John, how about you? Yeah, I, this is... Uh... Again, I'm going to reiterate your plea to Roger Goodell. Let's just start flexing these <laughs> games, please, because this is a poor setup. Uh, Danny Dimes isn't playing, though, right? Tyrod Taylor's playing, so maybe Tyrod will have a little bit more success in the uh, 
in the yes. spotlight than uh, Danny Dimes, who's been statistically the worst quarterback uh, for the last several years <laughs> in primetime games. I've never seen the ESPN wheel. I don't think you guys – oh, you guys can't see it on my phone. ESPN wheel for matchup predictor. Uh, 90% yeah. essentially Buffalo to 10% oh. Giants. That's a large swing. As you mentioned, it's a 14-point uh, spread here. Um yeah, definitely some notable injuries on Buffalo, though. Matt Milano going out, um, Tredavious White going out. Those are big names. Those are key pieces to their defense. Um, it would be interesting to see Tyrod Taylor kind of take the reins of this uh, injured Giants offense and do a little something with it. Um, you know, last year, you know, there, there a couple of those wide receivers did come on late. Um, Jalen Hyatt, I think, still – has breakout opportunities. Um, sure. And, and Darren Waller, I think, has been underutilized. That's coming from someone who owns him in fantasy, full disclosure. Uh, but but I do think that the Giants can take advantage here of uh, the situation that they're in, which is a tri- what feels like a trial week, right? You're one in four. You, you put all this stock in Danny Dimes. Things are not going great. This is sort of a Hail Mary game, right? You've got nothing to lose. I mean, this is reminiscent of the Bears coming into uh, Washington. Nothing to lose. Everything's on the line. Now, do I think that the Giants are going to beat the Buffalo Bills? No. Do I think the Giants are going to compete with the Buffalo Bills? No. But uh, look for Tyrod Taylor to maybe get some garbage time like points, like probably start Darren Waller. Um, and like I said, it'll be intriguing to see if they can put some production offensively together. Uh, in the second half when they're down by 30 points or whatever. Uh, if you're, if you, if you happen to need a quarterback in fantasy football, maybe look into Kyle Allen, uh, who is the backup to Josh Allen, um, because I'm sure that the bills garbage time. Yeah. They're going to set Josh Allen on the, on the bench at probably sometime midway through the second quarter. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Giants fans. But uh, yeah, if you're a bills fan, to your point, Brian, you're going to be loving it. They're going to be up early. They're going to be Enjoy. drinking all day. They're going to be spraying ketchup and mustard all over themselves like that one guy does. And uh, they're going to have a field day. Um, so it's going to be a fun embarrassment to watch. Um, and uh, I'll take Buffalo. Ugh, trying to be generous here to the Giants. Sorry, guys. Uh, let's go 35 to 14. Okay, a couple touchdowns. Lud, do you have anything uh, nice to say about I, the Giants? I am just with you guys. I'm, I'm tired of seeing them on every week. Uh, I think we've seen enough of this team, primetime games. Uh, yeah. You know, the NFL's a crazy league. And it, it would be crazy to just think that the Giants somehow pull a win off this weekend. Would, would shock me, honestly. But, um, yeah, I think Buffalo coming off that loss in London, man, that's a lot of travel. Um and I just I think they crush the Giants. Um, even with Tyrod Taylor, maybe the Giants get a little bit of a spark. Maybe he's able to move the ball. Saquon being back, maybe they can get the running game going a little bit, keep it competitive. But no, um, I'm right there with you. I, I agree with Brian. I got the Bills scoring 34, but I'll give the Giants an extra three points. I got 34-17, and I got the Buffalo okay, Bills regardless. Yeah, covering the spread, minus 14. Swallowing the 14. All right, let's wrap it up with Monday Night Football, where my Dallas Cowboys are going back to the West Coast. Dun, 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 dun. I, I really, I don't, I don't know the Cowboys travel schedule. I would like to think that they stayed out West so they didn't have to take all these plane rides. I'm not sure. Regardless, they're be in Southern California this time in SoFi Stadium to take on the Chargers. As I said when we were recapping the Eagles and the Rams, I think this could be a Cowboys home game, if not like 60-40. Um, so, so I don't think this is going to be any uh, relevance as far as home field advantage for the Chargers. But I'm interested to hear what Lud says here in a few minutes. Cowboys are favored. Coming off of that beatdown, the Chargers just came off. The Chargers are on a bye week, and they're getting back Austin Eckler. Like, I, in what world should the Cowboys be favored, two and a half? Apparently in this world. Um, but I, I think a theme I've said the first month or so of this podcast, I like to take a team 
coming off an embarrassing loss, especially in prime time as a comeback team, because now obviously the Cowboys know what channel undisputed and first take is on. Like they see all this shit that's being talked about them. Um, Dak Prescott, man, like this, this is your game. Look at what Tua did to the Chargers defense in week one. Like this Chargers defense is not good. They just got rid of JC Jackson because they just didn't want him in the building. Derwin James and Bosa are both banged up. Those guys are studs, but they can't seem to stay healthy. The Chargers are going to put up some points, but this is my week. If if Dak Prescott cannot throw multiple touchdown passes and have his first, yes, I said it first, three hundred yard passing game of the season. I think this you start to scout this upcoming quarterback class that I'm so high on. But I gotta believe, Dak, that that this is what the Cowboys do. We have an embarrassing loss to Arizona. We come back, dominate the Patriots, have an embarrassing loss to San Francisco. And I think we come back and I think we get a sneaky road win. Luds, you talked about your boy Brandon Albury. I'll say Brandon Albury kicks us to victory. Uh I'll say uh, 29 to 27. The Cowboys almost get to that 30 point mark, but they got to put up points. If, if I'm wrong and, and the Cowboys actually win like 13 to 10, I'm not happy. We need to put up points. Dak needs to find CD lamb. And like, guys, remember a couple years ago, we, we had a, a number three receiver. His name was Cedric Wilson. I believe he plays for the dolphins now. Like as a number three receiver, Cedric Wilson almost had a thousand yards. Like, and at that time, Michael Gallup was a legit number two to go along with. Like, I think, I think this is before CD land. We had like Amari Cooper, like, where is Brandon Cooks? Where is Michael Gallup? Like this offense, just, it seems so 1990s. And to me, that's what, that's what Mike McCarthy is. He's like a 1990s fat sitcom dad. Like it's terrible. And <laughs> I, if, 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 he, if he doesn't get it together John this Goodman. week, I don't know. Um, but yes, he is John Goodman. He's He is Roseanne's husband. <laughs> and, and my gosh, like. If you look, this is a who who is going to be more motivated in SoFi Stadium Monday night than Kellen freaking Moore? Don't Kellen my, Moore, don't cast steal my thunder, aside. Brian. Don't steal my thunder. Okay, all right, I'll leave that, John. All right, no, I'll leave that, John. John, lead me into what Kellen Moore might do to this Dallas Cowboys team. I mean, look, look at the, one of the games we just recapped. Right, you had Nathaniel Hackett chased out of town by the Denver Broncos. And, and you have yep. him come back in and a Jets team fighting to win that game uh, because you know it meant something to him. I, I mentioned it uh, at the beginning of the year. All, all fingers were pointed at Kellen Moore at the end of last season when, in all honesty, I think you're getting closer and closer to agreeing with the anti-Daxers that maybe a couple of those fingers need to be pointed in his direction. I think this is going to be yep. a Kellen Moore homecoming uh, redemption game. This is this is uh, Kellen Moore Redemption Week. I think that the Chargers offense you mentioned, Austin Eckler is coming back. Keenan Allen has had a resurgence over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, he had a couple of those years where he was really struggling with injuries. Unfortunately, Mike Williams is out, but maybe you know Stephon Gilmore if he's on the top dog. They've got that Quinton uh, Johnson, who has yet yes. to have a breakout yet, but a lot of people are putting a lot of stock in him. And I think Herbert is uh, is revitalized in this offense. He's he's looking very good. Herbert does not turn the ball over very often. Uh, surprised he hasn't used his legs as much as he needed to so far this season. Uh, he may have to against y'all's defense um, because I do think Micah and them can put pressure. They're not the strongest offensive line in the league. Um, but the, the complexity of that offense and the ability that they have because of the stars that they have – feels reminiscent of the 49ers that just took you guys to the shed. So you've got a really talented back that can run the football, catch the ball out of the backfield in Austin Eckler. You've got weapons on offense and say what you will about their defense. I think sometimes I give the Chargers defense a little too much love because I really have put a lot of stock in them. They're secretly my AFC team um, uh, outside of the commanders. That's my, my flip side. Uh, if you mentioned some of those guys can't stay healthy, but they really do have a ton of talent on that defense. So yes, I, I am looking for them to take advantage of a Cowboys team that may feel a little bit disgruntled, may feel a little bit depressed, uh, beaten, uh, head bowed, bloodied. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe they feel real depressed about themselves. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yes, yes, John. So, so no, I, I'm taking the Chargers here. I agree with you. I, I don't get the line here for the Cowboys. Uh, I do agree with the, the first point you made that this probably will not feel like a home game because I think the Chargers get less love than the Rams do. Um, but, yeah. but regardless of all of that, um, yeah, I think the Chargers win this game. Um, I'll keep it close, though. I think the Cowboys will come out and put a respectable performance together this this week. Um, let's go 28. No, that's a weird number. I don't like that. Let's go uh, 26 to 21. All right, you like the Chargers plus points. All right, Jay Lutz, finish us up. How are you feeling about Monday night? Football? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Kellen Moore. I didn't think his name was going to come up. I thought maybe you forgot about him. But, yeah, I was going to make the point. You know, who has the better game plan, Kellen Moore against Dallas Dan or <laughs> Dallas Dan against Kellen Moore? I mean, they've both coached together. for. They know each other. It's going to be interesting. Or, John, or yeah. John Goodman against Brandon Staley. <laughs> <laughs> Is Derwin James out? I know he's questionable. Um, questionable, yeah. We they're going to play games up to the game time with the injury report. We're not so going to know. That I've seen this week, so yeah, that's a that's true. That's a big uh, that's a big loss that's if he's not piece. playing. But yeah. <clears throat> I think Dallas traveling back to back weeks, and I don't think I, I highly doubt. Maybe maybe they did stay in California. I don't know. You don't, you're not sure though, Brian. You're not sure if the team came back. I do. I do not know. That would make so much sense. I don't see why you would travel. You have yeah. you have that facility. Yeah. Like it'd be so, silly to travel. Yeah, they do have a facility out there. You know. With Dallas off to a hot start, you know, Dak, <clears throat> five five touchdown passes, four picks so far this year. Justin Herbert playing out of his mind. Uh, their record should be better. Defense has let him down the first few weeks of the season. Justin Herbert, seven touchdowns, one pick, and also has three rushing touchdowns on the ground. The man's a beast. Wow. Um, yeah, he's three rushing touchdowns already in four weeks. So uh, the guy's talented. I got the Chargers covering the spread. 28-27 Chargers. I think it's going to be a close one, but I do have the Chargers plus the points. Yeah. Uh, Hard to not take. I think that's the right side. Home dog. You're a betting man. Luds, Luds, before you get into the upset parlay, Dallas Cowboys, if if John and Luds are correct in this this game and you suffer the L, we then have our bye week, which would be much needed. But after that – we play the Rams, which is not an easy game. Then we play the Eagles two times in like three weeks. And then when the calendar flips to the winter, then we go to Buffalo, to Miami. Like we have the fourth hardest remaining schedule in the NFL. So if we don't if we don't pick up these tough wins right now, I don't think we're looking at being on the outside of the playoffs. So this this season could could go off the rails quickly. This, must, this might be a must win, dude. For Dallas here and that, I didn't. I, didn't I think re- that there's going to be a lot of a yeah. lot of pressure on the Dallas Cowboys Monday night. Uh, parlay this week, guys. I hit it last week. Finally, I mean the first few weeks, yeah. I think I, I was fifty fifty. I think I got one, missed one, got one, missed one. Yep. Uh, I like Indianapolis this week. I like Gardner Minshew, man. Plus five and a half over Jacksonville. Jacksonville's been playing better as of late, but Indianapolis has. It's a surprising defense. Like you might not think so, but they're tough. Their defense is very tough. I, I like Indianapolis this game. I think Gardner Minshew knows how to come in and win games. And I like Seattle on the road against Cincinnati. Cincinnati must uh, has not impressed me at all this year. Um, did they win last week? Yeah, shitty they opponent. Can't figure it out. Yeah. Seattle's got a good enough defense to take that game. I like Seattle plus three and Cincy this week. I like that. Seattle has great, great corners. We talked about last week, uh, Tariq Woolen and the rookie Devin Witherspoon. Style. Whereas, like, yeah, Jam- Jamar Chase went for 200 yards and three touchdowns against Arizona. I do think that I saw some some zip in Joe Burrow's balls last week. I think Joe Burrow's getting healthy. I think low-key, at, at, in, in the 1 o'clock window, this is the game of the week. I, yeah. John, I know you got the ticket. I'm I'm watching. I'm watching. Uh, Seahawks at Bengals. These are two good yep. teams. Yeah, that's going to be a great game. And and Luds, I'm happy you're excited about Gardner Minshew. I hope you get a little bit of love there. I'm still sour, as I mentioned in the text, that George beat me in our fantasy uh, league this week <laughs> because Richardson went out. So hopefully yeah. one of us gets a win out of the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony yeah. Richardson. That guy is so exciting, but already injured twice. He just he just like he's just a he, like his body is a freak athlete that's just going to like. Are they just Andrew lucking themselves all over again? He's just gonna. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, well, regardless, Minshew's guys, a uh, good backup to exciting, have. Though. Go ahead. Minshew's a good backup yeah. to have. That's for sure. Oh, possibly, possibly the best. Um, any final thoughts as we get ready for Week Six? 
No, Go Bucks. Just, yeah, hope to see some good football out of the East. Um, I'm sure the Eagles will win. Can't say so much uh, confidence in the other three. Yeah, you're right. Hey, Lutz, one final <laughs> note here. If if the if the if the playoffs were to end today, I know we have a lot of football left. It would be the Dallas Cowboys coming to Raymond James Stadium to play the Buccaneers again. <laughs> again. So we can all cross our fingers yeah. that 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 happens. Cool. Um, but we appreciate you guys uh, listening, George. We hope to have you back. We miss you, brother. Luds, John, thank you as always for participating in the NFC. East. <laughs> <laughs>